Good morning. Some of the um, things that have been said this morning have encouraged me just, just to share with you that what God has been saying to me over this week is that keep welcoming him, keep um, asking the Spirit to come and join me, but that, and that's good, but the point is that he's already here. And as much as I want to say, Lord, I welcome you, please come and help me today, I, um, he's saying, well, he's already here. And um, we can take that on board now as, as we respond to him. So can we open in prayer, please? Dear Lord, I thank you that we can come together today. I thank you for the, the beautiful worship that we've shared this morning and how, although I can't remember specific words, Lord, there's words in the worship that you've said this morning that mean so much to us and we, we feel your presence here, Lord. And we thank you for the opportunity to, to open your word and that to know that when your word is opened, that, that you are here and, and your Holy Spirit moves, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I, I must say, as always, don't our, our flowers look very nice this morning? Thank you. Wasn't too sure if I should start with that, but that brings us nicely, I thought, into where we are at today in our Philippian series. I've, I've been enjoying the Philippian series because I find there's been things in it that I can specifically take on board and, and take home and, and take into the week. And the, um, there's not saying that I didn't do that before. It's all been really good before, of course, but it's been quite good stuff, you know, that you take into the week and, and can um, live with. It's been mentioned that the series or, or the letter to the Philippians seems to, at least in sections, have quite a few points and quite a few instructions, almost bang, bang, bang sort of thing. And I see it a little bit like a parent sending off their child to school saying, don't forget, have you got your lunch? Have you, have you got your sandwiches? Have you got your inhaler? As we near the end of Paul's letter, it's like he's saying, now remember to, to strive forward, be active in your faith, remember to reply into, to gent with gentleness to the conflict that you come across. And today we hear Paul saying to take anxiety to God, and if we do, we can experience the peace of God. Today's scripture, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, a little bit like what's already been said, and a lot of you will be familiar with these verses. We, we see them on plaques or, or posters. They're also key verses if you were to look up anxiety on the internet or on new version. For me at least, it's easy to come into Philippians with somewhat of a, a Western view towards them, a little bit of an individualistic view, I could say, towards them in regards to what, what do these verses mean to me? What will I get out of them? And that's somewhat okay. 
As we're learning in our series, though, that Paul's letter was written to the church in mind. It was written to the group as such as well. I found today's verses very powerful. On the surface, or at first glances, they, they can come appear to be saying, pray and things will be okay. Maybe we feel elements of truth to that as well. But there's a lot more to the verses that we're hearing about. There's a real offer in these verses of transformed lives. Not only are these verses part of a letter with much more advice in it, but within just verse 6 and 7, there's a lot for us and a lot more than just pray and you will get peace. Verse 7. We find a wonderful offer to us in the letter of Philippians. The peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. However, there's an important requirement. And that's what verse 6 says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. The meaning behind petition, or in some versions of the Bible, there's the word supplication. And that's talking about taking our, our requests, our specific requests, our needs to God. So there's prayer, and then there's the supplication aspect of it. So for the Philippians to find peace, they need to take their requests to God in prayer. That can go to the next slide, thanks. Paul reveals the need for prayer and that this includes taking our request to the Lord in thanksgiving. Paul also expands on peace to mean guarding, guarding our hearts and our minds. It's a peace that transforms, and that's what we'll unpack today. At least in part, Paul was concerned with potential troubled relationships amongst the Philippian church. Being troubled or anxious was a scenario, and God's peace was the solution. But to gain peace, there was work to do, and this included prayer, supplication, thankfulness, and the overall need to develop a relationship with Jesus. The Philippian church, the Philippian people, had the choice to remain stuck in anxiety, or they could that could potentially cripple their lives, or they could press into God. Whether the Philippians were experiencing bad times or good times, Paul wanted them to align their thinking to God. Paul's message was important at the time and about transforming the church, and it's important for us today. Today, worldwide, there are 264 million people recorded as suffering from an anxiety disorder. That's globally. And I think that's on the low end from some of the other things I looked at. 264 million people. 
anxiety can be a very personal subject. And I understand that anxiety or worries do not just go away easily. And I don't want to minimise what, what you might be going through today. And Paul isn't speaking about a peace that just says everything will be okay. But a peace that recognises although circumstances may be bad, there is an opportunity to live unafraid. Paul wanted God's love to be overflowing in the people's hearts and for this to transform their lives. These are sort of weighty comments. Paul's letter is is quite personal. It can be about things that we hold inside and they quite often might be things between us and and God. So it's quite weighty comments here that are being said. He's presenting a unconditional love to us, what we can call agape, love to us. This opportunity of hope is not based on the development of a vaccine or perhaps having enough money to get the things we want, but it's a hope that rests in our relationship with the Prince of Peace, with our Jesus. Through the peace, this peace, the Philippian believers can be in the midst of strife, yet they can still be calm in their hearts. And they can be sharing that calmness in their hearts that comes through their faith in God with Paul. Paul is writing to the Philippian church who he cares about dearly. And he wants them to share this faith and this love together. And that's part of what he's writing for here because he wants them to share in that faith and that love with him that he has even though he's in prison. Paul had learned the secret of being content in any situation, whether fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He could do all things through him who gave him strength. Paul's life was transformed in Christ. Peace in the world seems to mean things like the absence of war, Or maybe being in good circumstances. We can even try, and when I say we, I mean me, try to make our our own peace through things like maybe avoiding trouble sometimes. Or maybe putting a bit of a positive spin or having a um, disposition where we don't really deal with things as though everything's all okay. Sometimes there's a place for that as well. But whether it's having enough money or feeling happy because work or school is going well, or because we have enough income protection insurance. We can feel a peace of mind. We can create this peace of mind for ourselves. That even sounds like the slogan of an insurance company. It's not the peace that Paul wanted for the Philippians. The peace of the world would not guard their hearts or their minds. This term, guard, the Greek meaning behind that section in the verses, and you may see in the ESV version of the Bible, you'll see the word garrison. And what it's getting at there is about a military guard that prevents a hostile invasion. I kind of like that when I'm thinking about God protecting my heart and mind. 
It's about an army that protects me from invasion. God's peace protects the feelings of the heart and thoughts of the mind. And that might be like our passions, our desires, our endeavours. And it's saying, well, they won't control us if we let God's peace guard our character, the character that he desires from this invasion. Through our relationship with Jesus, when worry comes, when the lying enemy comes, God's peace can remain. We won't be perhaps so rattled so easily. Our troubles may not seem quite as much, or like the weight of the world is on our shoulders, because we know we stand on a solid rock. That's like what we've been singing this morning. Some of you were involved in the escape room. Now, I wasn't, so I'm, I'm making up this version of it, but I think it's not too far off. I imagine if I did the escape room activity, so that's where we're locked in a room and we have to do this stuff to get out, I'd potentially feel a little bit anxious about that. I would particularly like to be locked in a room. And knowing that Bryony is outside, and if it becomes too much, I'm all good, because I'm sure eventually, hopefully, she would let me out. I see it as through the confusion of that escape room, there's somewhat of a peace or a strength that I can get from it, knowing that Brioni is, is just outside there and things will, will be okay, particularly in the end. When I think of peace in God, I think of the ultimate relationship that Jesus must have with his Father. A relationship between Jesus and God, the ultimate relationship, full of respect, love for each other, peace in each other, in tune with each other. We heard a few weeks ago in John 17 of the oneness that Jesus and his Father have and how we can have this too. Just as Jesus is one with the Father, we are one in them as well, complete unity through the Holy Spirit. By saying, take our request to God, Jesus is inviting us into his peace. He's inviting us into the peace that he shares. The peace, the love, the Trinity, we are invited in. Jesus made the distinction between his peace and the world's peace. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give as the world gives. So how do we get in on this peace? I'm sure I can hear people wondering that. Jesus says, at the cross, I paid for your sins. I restore broken relationships. I am your intercessor. Only through me is your eternal destiny assured. Peace in God is through me, making you righteous. Wherever we find ourselves, Jesus can transform us. And it's quite neat that it's Paul that has been writing Philippians because what a transformation in Paul's life from the ugliness that he had towards Christians 
to being, or believers, and obviously God, to being in prison and writing about peace in God. Paul doesn't just simply tell the Philippians to stop worrying. And I like that. He gives them the solution to transform their lives from being overwhelmed by anxiety into peace. And that's in our verses. Prayer. Prayer to Jesus has redeemed us and wants to give us more. As we've heard, praying and growing in a relationship with Jesus. Paul is saying a faithful response includes ongoing communication with God, taking our troubles to God and recognizing our dependency on God with thanksgiving. God says, come near to me and I will come near to you. Two way. So what does this look like for us today? Transformed lives. Lives that reveal the peace of God, whether we're in times of trouble or not. Okay, I'm going to try the next slide. I bet you weren't expecting this picture. This is my grandma. My grandma who lives in Auckland. And on a side note, her husband, my granddad who's not with us now, but her husband, actually went, did a bit of motorcycling with our own Gordon's older brother, Hugh. So it's just quite neat to have these connections, I think. We recently celebrated my Nana's 100th birthday. And you might not be able to see it, but she's got her card from the Queen there and, and so forth. And um, there was a bit of an article written about her. And I've just done the first bit here. It says, 1921 was an exciting, confused, and disorderly year. The world was in recession. Unemployment was rising. Russia was in famine, and communism was on the rise. Anzac Day was observed for the first time, and the Springboks played in New Zealand for the first time. This was the year that Eunice Cranston was born. Despite all the ups and downs of her life, Eunice describes her life as marvellous. And she backs it up with believing because she found peace in God. Over a century of life, peace and oneness in God is what comes to mind about her life. At least to me, she resembles peace, but her life has not been peaceful. What do people see when they look at Hillcrest? How do we respond to fear, anxiety, or worry? People can be stuck in adversity or reach out to God. I love that Paul gives us practical things to do. We still need to take care of ourselves. We still need to make healthy choices. But Paul also tells us to think about good things, to think about praiseworthy things, 
There's a real element in what Paul is saying of what we can do. There have been times in my life when I wasn't sure what to do next. And relationships have suffered because I haven't taken my troubles and supplication to God in prayer. I didn't go to Jesus first with specific requests and with a thankful heart. Maybe this has been your experience too. I think sometimes our our minds can be in a bit of a muddle or we're, we're busy or we hold on to things perhaps instead of going to Jesus with the things that are troubling us. Paul isn't saying that God doesn't know what we need. Make our request known to him is not us imparting our knowledge on God, the God that knows all. It's about our self-disclosure and God's presence. Our revealing of our total dependency on him. What does Paul mean when he says, peace of God that transcends all understanding? I did have to have a a deep think about that and um, almost say, um, thanks very much, Mark, for giving me this one. I've got to try and find out what the Lord wants to be spoken about, something that is beyond our understanding. Well, obviously, I can't say all of that, and that's where it's a little bit of our individual relationship with God. But what I think, as far as peace of God that transcends all understanding, first of all, it implies that we can't fully understand it. And secondly, that only God can make it happen. God always has a way forward, even if we can't see it. We might have peace with God when we know him. But we can experience the peace of God when we allow him to be Lord over our lives, Lord over our anxieties. That's what I I believe Paul is saying to the Philippians when he said the peace of God will transcend all understanding if you allow the Lord to be over your life. Paul is saying that God's peace will be powerfully at work in our lives as a result of pouring out our hearts to him. Pouring out our hearts to God, making our requests known to him. But we have to do that. God has something beautiful for us. He wants us to be in believing prayer with him. Now, I don't want to lose you at this point. I know that's not fantastic grammar, but it's the best I could come up with. Believing prayer. We can live in an atmosphere of prayer with God. And I wonder if that's the sort of prayer that Paul speaks of is is one that reveals the overall attitude of our lives, a life that remains in communication with God. Something I think is very precious is the way that a parent can hear a child cry at night. Hopefully. 
parent may be asleep and the little baby cries out and the parent is suddenly awake and on their way to see what the matter is. Before you call, says our Father, I will answer you. While you are still speaking, I will hear. He's telling us he will hear us too. It's not me calling you children. I'm just saying he will hear. Do you trust God with your troubles, your hardships, your anxiety? Let's summarize. To, to live in God's peace is ongoing communication with God. When troubles come, take them in prayer, with supplication, and thanksgiving. And just adding to that, how we might do those things, it might include prayer with family. It might be prayers in groups, praying to one another, or for one another. Or maybe it's memorising verses like today's one that you can say and share with God in your communication with him as troubles come. The result being transformed lives and a unified church with the peace of God protecting us. Last one. Here's um, Grandma again. Now, I mentioned we celebrated my grandma's 100th birthday. And at the party we had, my auntie said a bit of a speech. And in her speech, she mentioned when she thinks of her mum, she thinks of peace. And so I, later on, afterwards, I approached my auntie and I said, what did you mean by peace? Why use the word peace? What, what made you say that? And she said that when her dad died, she just wanted to be locked away. She didn't want to be around people, just locked away. And when, when her mum dies, she knows that she will be a wreck. She knows that she will be a wreck and will just want to be locked away then. But she says that she will have peace then and she has peace now because she knows in the end that she will be with her mum. She will be with her dad. She will be with her family in the end and that is her having peace now. She knows that she will need God to be magnified through that time, but she has peace now. Paul knew, as did the Philippians, the peace, the true peace, comes through having a humble faith in the saving work of Jesus and our relationship with him. This was the life experienced by the Philippians and is available to us today as well. Can we close in prayer? God, you are our strength and peace. Thank you that we can turn to you for help when we need it. 
You know what we need. You are there in good times and bad times. May we please join in on your peace and may we live as a church that reflects your peace for your glory forever, Lord. Amen.